Welcome to the Survival to Strength podcast, where we meet some of our program members who want to share more about their lives and accomplishments. We want to thank St. Paul Fit Lab for hosting us this session. Today, we are joined by special guest, Kyle White McGinn. Hi, Kyle. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about your story. Yeah. So uh, I'm a younger person. I'm 28 years old, but in uh, 2014, early 2014, February 2nd to be exact, I was diagnosed with stage 3C testicular cancer. That distinction is important because testicular cancer is a very curable, easy to uh, navigate diagnosis, but my particular cancer had spread to my liver and I had two tumors the size of grapefruits stacked on top of each other in my back. It had wrapped around my aorta and vena cava, all sorts of gnarly stuff going on there. So uh, it was pretty immediate that my oncology team was like, all right, you're going to start chemotherapy like right now. And then uh, by June 2014, I had a big surgery, 10-hour surgery down in Rochester at the Mayo Clinic. Um, where they removed everything, and ever since then I've been cancer-free. So it was a crazy experience, like obviously really scary, but the whole time the team was really helpful, uh, made it clear that this was something we could navigate together. So I felt like I was good hands on the medical side of things. What I really probably wasn't prepared for was like the after effects. I was an athlete my whole life, and things change. And so uh, it's part of, I think, why we're talking today is navigating those changes. And so the story behind it is I had like a pain in my side and I thought I didn't know what it was. I thought it was like some sort of like weird muscle spasm or something like that. And it got to the point where I like literally felt like I couldn't breathe. Obviously I could breathe, but it was really painful. So I actually called my grandma to drive me to the hospital, which she was freaked out. Like what's going on here? We went to the hospital um, in the middle of the night. And then by morning, I had most of my family with me and um, they did a scan and they were like, oh, there's something going on with your liver. They did a full body scan and we're like, wow, there's these tumors here. You probably have some form of cancer. We're going to have to do some tests. So it's kind of, is a lot of shock of just being like, okay, what do we do now? What does this mean? I was still in undergraduate school uh, in my senior year of college. Uh, so there's just a lot of thoughts racing through my mind of, okay, so there's clearly something going on, but it was a lot of wait and see, which is probably one of the worst parts of a cancer diagnosis is you don't have any control over anything. My family was really supportive. Obviously, they were super concerned and freaked out. My girlfriend, now wife at the time, she was rightfully freaked out but she stuck through me the whole way. It was a real trooper. My work, I was working at a hospital at the time and they were super cool about it. I think that was a benefit of working in a place where people have some context for this kind of stuff. I was lucky enough to have benefits that meant that I could go on disability leave and not lose my job or anything like that. It's not the case for everyone. And then with school too, they were really great working with me. I got my schedule worked out. We're only in classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So yeah, I was able to graduate, you know, a big part of it was communicating like, this is what's coming up next. This is the long-term plan. And when everyone was kind of on board and understood it, uh, it was a lot easier to navigate. So the kind of rule of thumb, there's no like set in stone thing is five years cancer-free. They consider you in remission, at least in my case. I just had my last like blood draw and scan for uh, like regular checkups. Now I just moved to like pretty regularly 
meeting with my oncologist and making sure everything's above board. Um, but no recurrences, nothing hokey going on there. So an interesting thing of my kind of chemotherapy, uh, it's BEP, which I don't think I can remember all of it, but bleomycin was the main drug in that chemo regimen. I was lucky enough not to do radiation. That does a number on your body. Not that chemotherapy doesn't. But bleomycin, one of the side effects is uh, lung toxicity. So it's it's like a tiny little IV they give you. It takes an hour to administer, and it basically gives you the flu. The worst flu you've ever had, I'd go home after it. Because it, like I said, it was only an hour. I usually do it at like 8 in the morning. And I knew for the rest of the day, I wouldn't be able to do anything else. But like I said, there's the lung toxicity element, and it just gets harder and harder to breathe. You know, even walking across campus, because I was still going to school, I would feel out of breath. This is a weird feeling. Uh, and my oncologists were just like, look, your job right now is just stay healthy enough to do this. Don't feel like you have to be running every day or doing push-ups or anything like that, because chances are you won't be able to do that. Another weird side effect is I was trying to eat really healthy. Like, hey, I just got diagnosed with this crazy disease. Um, I want to be as healthy as I can be. And the first time I went in for chemotherapy, the following week, they weigh you every time. And I'd lost like 10 pounds. And they were like, hey, I know you're trying to eat healthy, but your goal is just to get fat and keep your weight up, Uh, which was a weird experience, you know, trying to be mindful of staying healthy and being active. But I just had to get in the habit of eating whatever I could and uh, keeping that weight on. So exercise wasn't a top priority. I wasn't doing much except for like walking. I think it was a couple months at least before I could really do anything. So the listeners won't be able to see it, but it starts from like the bottom of my uh, sternum down below my belly button. I have this big scar where they opened me up, cut through my ab wall. So I had no core strength anymore. And I got this nice, almost 18 inch scar as a little souvenir for it. Suddenly, you know, I was used to being a really strong guy and I could barely like stand early on. Once I got a little bit stronger, you know, I could do things, but I had to be mindful of like lifting anything heavy. So it takes about a year for you to get your ab wall uh, heal as well as it's going to heal. So I had a year of just like really light cardio and that kind of thing. Uh, and even to this day, like a push up is still hard for me. Uh, and sit ups are definitely hard for me just because there's scar tissue and it's uncomfortable. For me, the biggest learning curve has been learning kind of, I call it my new body. Like I'm not the same person I was when I was 18 playing tackle football. Uh, So I have to figure this stuff out and I have to learn what my body's capable of. And it's just being patient and really checking in with yourself. And, you know, is this comfortable? And it's not, at least when I played sports, there's a lot of like, you got to push and like really like fight through pain. And that's different now. I have to really pay attention if something's uncomfortable. Well, maybe I need to approach this muscle group differently and uh, my trainer Angela has been really great about she always says like we're going to figure you out we're going to figure out what works for you and just really creative ways of approaching the work so I think for advice for other people who are looking at doing this is you know trusting yourself and trusting that you'll know your limits and listening to yourself and not feeling like you have to push through that I think it's okay to be done a, a set early or something like that And also, if you can, if you can find a support, like in my case, having a trainer who kind of knows what's up and knows how to read me uh, has been really helpful. So if there's someone out there who can help you navigate working out and getting back into an active lifestyle, that's been a really big help for me. 
Well, Kyle, thank you so much for sharing your story. Absolutely. So inspiring for me personally, but I'm sure for a lot of listeners out there as well. Definitely learn from Kyle's story. He has a lot of experience and been through a lot and such an inspiration, man. Seriously, seriously. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it.